There it is. There it is. There it is. Theme song right. to a Friday. I just my my dancing feet under me right now. It's funny, you know, this is E-Talk Repeat. It's Friday, March 31st, another episode. We've got all three amigos behind yeah. their mics. Yes, John, yeah. announce yourself. John Curtis, the culinary curmudgeon. Okay, you're going with an ordinary name today. Yeah, I know, yeah. Well, the, ir- the irritable epicure. Okay, we'll go with that. Sam, you're here? Yes, Sam here, Merjofsky, uh, attorney at law, long-suffering partner of Ash the Magnificent. <laughs> You left out conservative to the stars, Sam. Isn't that one of your monikers? Well, I am conservative, perhaps politically, <laughs> but when it comes to food, I eat liberally. Oh. <laughs> there you go. That should be his mind. That should be on a billboard somewhere. Yeah, I vote conservatively, yeah. but eat liberally. Well, that's it. I eat. Right. Yeah, I, it's it's true though. You heard my rant last week about foodies, right? Yes. Yeah, James Trees, uh, the you know chef owner of Esther's Kitchen, he totally backed me up on it on Facebook. He went, oh, boy, did you hit that nail on the head. <laughs> you know, I'm a foodie, but please give me avocado toast. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's it. Okay, we won't go back Did you get that. any blowback? Anyone give you some pushback uh, no, on that? No, I got a lot of, uh, you go, boy. You know, I got a lot of attaboy on that one because I think, uh, you know, the chefs and the restaurant people, they just roll their eyes at people who, who say they eat everything and then come in with a list of wants and, and needs and, and, and a stand and demands. And, and, and it's, it just, it's only gotten worse in the 21st century because back when food was sort of a nice little, it was a sort of a pocket little cult of people around the world who went to good restaurants and read about food and, and, and thought about it and cooked. It was kind of a small thing. Now that everybody, now that it's a cool thing, you know, you let in the posers and that's what you get, a lot of posers. Yeah, a lot of posers. If you guys missed it, go check out last week's episode. It's hilarious. I think yeah. even on socials, we got some video of yeah. you going on oh, your rant. Oh, no, no. I started. I'm in a good mood today. I have nothing but positive things to say. Okay, positive vibes. And unless we talk about Chinese food. <laughs> and I'll get there We'll later. get there. Yeah. Um, do you have a recent eatinglv.com article? Since no. The- no. I think I'm going to leave the one up. I'm about to head off to uh, France. And, uh, Are you going to really go, though? Because I'm seeing the pictures of people at cafes not minding their own business with, like, flames on the Sam, street from the protest behind you them. You don't understand. I'm going to wrap a bandage around my head. The food gal is going to go topless and grab a flag, and we're going to be in the front of the protest screaming, I have seen liberty, yeah. egality, fraternity. I was going to say, I saw croissant. that musical. Give me a croissant. <laughs> croissant. But for, a but croissant or la mort. <laughs> yeah. A croissant and then some liberty, okay? But give me my fucking croissant first. Croissant. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're going. But I hear the strike is over. My son, who's meeting us over there, has been monitoring the French political situation every hour for the last two weeks. And he tells me the strike is over, and they are finally uh, cleaning up the garbage. So looking forward to stuffing myself with French food. Maybe a little later, I will give a short little rap about why, not musical rap, but just a little little short, short speech about why I like French, why I love French food the most of all. Okay, I'll note that. Make sure to follow up on it. Um, Before we got on the air, you mentioned you've got a pro tip for the listeners. Are you ready to go into that? I'll go go right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because I was, uh, when I wrote the article about how to walk into a restaurant, I mean, how to, 
you know, be your best self. You're on display, whether you like to, like it or not. You know, you, hone your you inner Murjovsky. You know, leave your you leave your inner slob at home. Mm. Leave your picky self at home, uh, to get to get a good table to have a good experience. And then a lot of people ask me, uh, well, how do you get into a restaurant without a reservation? You know, when you really want to go, whether you're on the phone trying to book one. Or, you know, the, the, the whole computer thing, the open table crap, you know, I, I'm not going to go there because that's just, that, that's you, you millennials pretending that you've got, you've, you've progressed into something when all, actually you've regressed. Because now and everybody can get, get a reservation, you know, in five seconds on the computer. So everybody overbooks restaurants and I'm not going to go there. I'm going to talk about the old fashioned walk up to a restaurant and you'd like a table or get them on the phone, which is always a good backup when when it says on the uh, internet that they are booked and you can't. And a lot of people have told me that's one thing. Don't give up just because open table says no, no, ta- no tables available. I agree with that. Number one. Number two, when you get a live person in front of you, whether you're standing at the hostess stand or you're on the phone, tell, be your, again, be your best self. Yeah. Smile and tell them a story. The best way to get a table Let's, well, let's role play here okay. as you walk in. So like, you're the hostess, and I'm the, I'm the old guy, and I walk in. and Just tell me, well, I'm sorry, sir, we're fully committed. I'm sorry, sir, we're fully committed. Yeah, oh, God. Fuck you, and you're fully committed. <laughs> okay. okay, no. This no, is going no. well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, we're going to try this again. <laughs> that, that's what not to do, folks. Okay. I'm sorry, sir, we don't have any tables available uh, right now. Can you come back later? Uh, yeah. uh, or, uh, 1045 or something. 1045 p.m., we're <laughs> yeah, open. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, we're still serving. Well, here, miss, let me tell you. Oh, my God. You know, we're from Springfield, Illinois. And, and, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And, and, oh, my God. You know, it's my wife's birthday tomorrow. We've been looking forward to this restaurant, and we've been trying to get into this restaurant forever. And, uh, you know, it's tough to get on. You know, online is so frustrating. You know, of I course, know. And she'll yeah, you know, yeah. isn't it crazy? You know, and I've been trying for weeks, and I thought, oh, my God, we're in town. We've read so much about it. We, we, the chef apparently is great. I've been following him on Instagram. And, boy, I would just love to be able to give her a taste of this food somehow. Honest to gosh, works every time. She's going to say, happy birthday. Tell your wife happy birthday, and let me see what I, I can, can do. do for you. Exactly. <laughs> That's the way it plays out. Now, there are times. I mean, if you don't pull this at seven o'clock on a Saturday night, okay? On I mean, Valentine's on Day. On Valentine's <laughs> or Mother's Day, yeah. But uh, I, I've used it in New York. I've used it in Paris. I've used it in Tokyo, of all places, okay? And where you just kind of go, they go, oh, no, 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 no table, sir. And I go, oh my God, we're from Las Vegas. And, and we read about this, and I'll show them, like, their Instagram feed. Yeah. And they'll go, oh, um, and then they come back, <laughs> and somebody who speaks English will go, can you come back in an hour? Can you come back in an hour and a half? I think we can get you in. Yes, arigato, uh, domine uh, gato. And you come back, and you get a table. So tell them a story and be your best, funniest, most charming self doing it. I agree. These are great tips. Or you can just call and say you're John Curtis, and usually yeah. a table will. Can I, get, can I offer an alternative to here? To, yeah. and, and not an alternative, maybe a compliment. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I carry cash, uh, <laughs> and I just take out my, my cash clip, you know, that I have in my pocket, <laughs> yeah. and I pull it yeah. out, and I, I start kind of like, I start kind of like massaging the first bill that's there. There's usually, <laughs> yeah. you know, 20, because I keep, Ooh. you know... You Loving. gotta be careful. Suddenly, you're gonna get flagged, and now you won't be able to get a reservation without cash. <laughs> Can you just see Sam there with with the twenty? But like, I, what, I tend to fingering the bill. Anytime I'm in town, or any, frankly, anywhere, if if a hostess gets me in, 
I always give her, I almost always tip the hostess, but, but particularly when I've been, when I, when I get in and then the next time they remember you. Okay. But I would do that ex post facto once they say they can take care of you. Yes. If you do, if, if, if you come in I ag- hot like I that, agree. You, you, but they, I didn't, you, you I, look like you're trying to bribe it, hold you on, buy I, yourself a table. Okay? But hear me out. I was very subtle. About, I'm saying I literally pull you? out my money and I'm holding <laughs> yep. my purse, right? I got my purse and then I, <laughs> Giant my, purse, my, yeah. my wine purse. And then I, yeah. I just, you know, I just pull out like I'm going to, like I'm, like I'm expecting to get a table and I'm going to tip them. Yeah. And well, I tell you, they, they see it and they go, oh, okay, g- give me a moment. Yeah, well, okay, again, subtle clues, but again, being your best self and sort of advertising that you're there to have a good time and you're going to spend money in the place and you're not, you're, uh, you're using charm to do it as social indicators, not, not bullying, not, not bribing them with cash or something like that. Yeah. And I will occasionally, if I'm thinking about going to the restaurant last minute, I'll be like, look, I don't need to be there long. Do you have just a a window, like 30 minutes? I can get in and get out before you need, when you need that table back. I'm in, I'm out. You won't even know. Right. Um, And so I'll offer those, like I will try and work with them. Like help me help you, like help me, I guess. Well, we did that in London because there was this little French restaurant right in, in, uh, right there in Covent Garden. And I wanted to go to, read great things about it. And we got in there, we were starving. And they said, oh, my. And the, 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 there were three young people behind the hostess stand. And they looked at us like, you know, deer in the headlights. Like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. We don't have anything. And I went, oh, my gosh, we're so hungry. We've, we're, we're still jet lagged, blah, blah, blah. The manager came up. The, she, taught, she whispered to the manager. He came back. He said, sir, we've got a table, but can you be in and out in one hour? And we, I said, sold America. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and, yes. And we were in and out of that table. They served us great. The, the staff was wonderful. And we were in and out in about 55 And by minutes. the way, that's a great point because yeah. if you can go in also and tell them, hey, we're not going to be long. We literally have a hard out yeah. in an hour. Um, so just know we're not going to occupy the table for two and a half hours. Do you have something right. that's available for the next 45, 50 minutes? Because, you know, I like to, I can eat, you know, I can eat quickly. Yeah. And it's better to get in and get out than not be in at all. And so that's a great point. That's a great yeah. tip. So um, all pro tips, folks, how to get into a restaurant when you don't have a reservation. And uh, just, again, be your best self. Turn on the charm, smile a lot, and realize that those hardworking people behind that hostess stand are, you know, are, are dealing with hundreds of people a day, and, and you've got to sympathize with them and let, try to bring them onto your side and let them sympathize with you. Yeah, and then if they get you in... Be cool. Be fun. Be yeah. an add to their yeah. their environment. Don't ask for your salad dressing on the side. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. There we go. All right. Pro tip. There pro we go. tip. Now let's get to the food news you can use. Sad, oh. sad news. You you told mm. me this morning that the Arby's co-founder died. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, mean, and you've got an Arby's heart story? attack. I, uh, <laughs> Easy. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Sam, so. have you ever eaten at an Arby's? Yes. What yes. did you have? I ate... Um, in a in a small town in Utah, about a hundred miles south of Salt Lake, because it was the only place to eat, and <laughs> it was I don't remember what I had. It was disgusting. Well, it, it, Arby's has been disgusting for about about forty years now. Yeah, yeah, I would say about for exactly forty years. And I'll tell you the but story. But they've got the meats. Yeah, they've got the meats. <laughs> Well, okay, t- tell me your Arby's story. Well, I'll tell you, I have two quick anecdotes about Arby's. Rest in peace, Leo Raphael, the co-founder of Arby's back in 1964. 
because he wanted to compete with McDonald's. That's when McDonald's was really, the late 50s and early 60s are when McDonald's just took off and everybody was going to McDonald's. Everybody was talking about it. It's when people like um, Wendy's, uh, Burger King, et cetera, they all got in the game. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken stepped up its game, et cetera, and started franchising the hell out of itself. Well, Leroy Raffel, uh, back in the early days, wanted to figured if people were going to spend like 15 cents on a burger, maybe they would spend like 80 cents on a roast beef sandwich. And the early Arby's for like the first 10 years were they literally had a haunch of top round beef roasting in a window and they would slice it right off the haunch of beef, thin slice it, just like they do in these uh, beef on weck and these sliced roast beef sandwiches, which oh. are very big up in the Northeast. And that was the sandwich on this kind of beautiful soft bun with their little horseradish sauce. And it was fresh sliced sandwich meat. It was triple the cost of a McDonald's burger. But I took my very first date there, Cindy Ridge. Are you out there, Cindy? Love you. <laughs> okay. I'm not available anymore, but maybe you are. <laughs> Cindy Ridge. Cindy, Cindy with an S-Y-N-D-I-E. And what she could do in the backseat of a car. Pulled through, you know, really justified the name, I'll tell you. Cindy Rich. <laughs> oh, my gosh. John, John, John. This is a kid's show. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is Get not back a to kid's Arby's. show. Get back okay. to Arby's. Anyway, I took and Cindy, the horsey sauce. Cindy Rich there, I think in 1968, my first date with a woman where I paid for something. And, uh, the, and it was just transporting. It was an ethereal sandwich. And it was my favorite sandwich for about 10 years. Then I noticed something was wrong, and I started getting into food and cooking and becoming more of a foodie uh, in the late 70s. <gasps> and around the mid-80s, I went back to Arby's and went, well, this is shit. I mean, I, I, you could literally see the rainbow colors in, in the meat yeah. and hold it up, and you could, re you could read the news a newspaper through the beef. It yep. was so thin, right? So now, now fast forward 20 years later. I'm sitting at a bar at the Venetian Hotel, and this is the late 90s, maybe the early aughts. And this guy struck up a conversation with this old guy. I thought he was an old guy. He's probably younger than I am now. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, what do you do? What? I, he said, I'm a retired executive for 40 years. I work for Arby's. And I went, ah. So I tell him this whole story. Yeah. Like, oh, Cindy, not about me and Cindy in the backseat, but, you know, about what a great roast beef sandwich. And he goes, well, you know what happened? And, you know, we're, I buy him a drink. He goes, about the mid-'80s, we got so popular and we franchised ourselves so much. Well, they, you know, we got so popular there wasn't enough meat or beef to to buy oh. to satisfy what we wanted to do in all our franchises. So we had to go to this pressed, uh, you know, pressed yeah. industrial uh, product. Like deli the, roast beef. Basically. Not even deli roast beef. Deli roast beef is all beef. This stuff has filler in it. Okay. Really? Yeah. And and he said wow. that's that's how we could only the only way to satisfy all of the demands of all of our stores. We literally had to go to this pressed beef thing. Back in the mid '80s, I said, "Well, that's so. That's when it turned to shit." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, we knew it, but that was the only way to keep up with demand." So, well, Arby's, if you're listening, you should open like a flagship store that goes back to where you started. No kidding, because that kind of beef sandwich, which you don't really see about here, it's so good. You see it in good delis and that, you know, yeah. where they just where they just slice the shave the beef and then really thin, but real beef. So Arby's Arby's took a dump. And everybody, it's been, a, it's been a joke. I mean, it, it's hugely popular. Again, it went in through bankruptcy, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still around, which even though to me it's, a, it, it's basically the butt of a joke these days. I mean, it's just like, you want a shitty sandwich? Go to Arby's. Okay, worst, rest, worst fast food? Arby's. Yeah, a I, end I, of story. Yeah, end, end of story. Well, sad news. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Leo Raphael. Leroy Raphael. 
Now in the circle of life, Lotus of Siam is apparently going to Hender Tucky. I heard that. Uh, they, they, Why are you grumbling? This, uh, they, they, uh, because I've just seen, I've seen what happens to restaurants and chefs when the money boys take over. You know, know. You know they, they, they basically sell out. You know, they, uh, some businessmen uh, see a brand, see an idea for, and again, it's what happened with Arby's. Yep. You know, I mean, it's happened with little, tens of thousands of restaurants, a million restaurants. And quality, they start expanding because the business guys go, we can sell this. We can expand this. We can put a Kentucky Fried Chicken on every corner. And whatever the original beauty of it is gets lost. Now, is that going to happen with Lotus of Siam? I hope not. But I was out to dinner just two days ago with some Asian food aficionados. And they looked at me and they said, the Lotus of Siam in Red Rock Hotel is not nearly as good as the original on West Flamingo, or East Flamingo. Yeah, I, I haven't been to the one in Red Rock, but I've been to the one on East Flamingo a lot. And since they've opened Red Rock, and I remember when they opened Red Rock, I went back to the orig- the East Flamingo, and I was like, ooh, this isn't quite what I remember. It's lost its, like, yeah. sparkle. But it's back I've yeah. since I've gone back, right. and I think they're working out the kinks of the expansion and all of that and making sure they, they keep it. So I'm rooting for them to keep, like, the in-and-out style, where no matter where you go, it's – Top notch. And yeah. I think it'll take a while. But. And that's why In and Out, by the way, isn't franchised. I mean, they wouldn't control for, of all their yeah. ingredients top to bottom. And so they have, you know, they have that ability. Well, the, the other problem, okay, the other groan is, uh, and, you know, I love the children of my family. I really do. Penny's great. And, and, I've, and I met, uh, you know, the, the new uh, partners with the former Tau, a Tau group of people. And I think, you know, their passion's in the right place. But I also have to raise an eyebrow when someone says they're going to Hender Tucky. Okay. I know it's where sometimes restaurants go to die. No kidding. I mean, and, oh, this, and they've got Lamai oh. out there already. It's 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 starved for real authentic food. So maybe it'll make it. But you know, we already have seen two failures just in the last few months with Bodega Bagel. And I think, and the other news is that Rosa is out of money. I got the I got the word. So oh. don't. Exp- I said six months for Rosa. I'm I heard, less. Yeah, yeah, I think less now. Yeah, Ro- 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 it's a death watch on Rosa these days. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Sad. Sad but true. You know, maybe maybe Lotus will will, will break the string. Let's okay, hope. today is um, National Tater Day, so <laughs> celebrate your potatoes, gents. How do you? What's your best potato prep? You like a French fry? I like Joel Robichon. Joel Robichon potatoes are the yeah, best. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't think anything beats them in the world. But uh, you know, you can also do those those galette potatoes with with melted cheese and butter on. You know, with cream and everything that the French do. Just go on a potato crawl today. Yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. prefer the potatoes to be taken out of it and just for it to be cream and cheese. <laughs> and butter. And butter. <laughs> right? I mean. Well, this, well this, no, Sam, what was the potato dish you loved from Years ago. Years yes. ago, there's a restaurant that was owned and operated by the Lowry's family. It was called uh, Five Crowns. And oh, I love Five Crowns. Yeah. And it, it was, was great. It's still there. It's yeah. there, but it's been, the it's chef been is different. bastardized yeah. because Chef uh, Brask was his name. Brask. Old school guy, and he made these potatoes of gratin. And they, were, and they were with, with a, a Stilton blue cheese, I think, or oh. crumble, some kind of – it had – I yeah. mean, it was terrible for you. Uh, the problem with his menu was that the clientele kept dying at alarming <laughs> rates because <laughs> – 
Some, sometimes in the restaurant. You had to like sign a waiver. Oh, no, no, no. It, it was it was like that. People would keel over in the restaurant. Every table had the, its own uh, defibrillator. Honey, is, you, you'd hear great. the the people would roll in with their oxygen tanks. and <laughs> and But it was the best place. And then the sun, this always happens. The sun came, comes in and goes, it's going to be, we're going to make this farm to table food, farm to table. Mm. And so suddenly in this old English, you know, Henry VIII style dining room with a replica cannon hanging over the banquet table, suddenly they're serving beet salads. (laughs) Doesn't fucking work. It doesn't. It just feels wrong. Get me back to the cream corn. Give me my potatoes au gratin and a beet salad and some with some bean sprouts. Now the fun thing is they have a sister restaurant in Los Feliz. And that restaurant still kind of has that old-timey feel to it, although the food isn't as good. And that's called Tam O'Shanter. Yeah, I know, I know that and restaurant. And it was yeah. a, a little bit of a fun history. That was, that was Walt Disney's favorite restaurant to go. And so the studios were up the street, and he would, he would be in there multiple times a week. Oh. Well, there you go. Well, I was in – I ate at uh, the, the, what, the Five Crowns. God, I bet it was 1989, 1990, probably in its heyday. But yes, you were right. It was an old school steakhouse with the heavy, heavy furniture. The prime rib. Yeah, and the prime rib, you know, the, like five different cuts of prime rib and everything. It was great. Okay, well, so uh, we've, we've... Oyster got, season. Oyster season's about to leave us. Uh, I was talking on Twitter today with a, a fellow. We said, well, why, why are they no good after the R months? Too warm, right? Well, oysters spawn in warm, warm months. And, and like, like humans... Is after this a we sexual have, thing? Yeah, yeah, it's always when John starts. If you don't think food and sex are related, Sam, you're just not paying attention <laughs> to either. <laughs> yeah. okay. So uh, oysters spawn when the weather, when the waters turn warmer, and like humans, after copulation, they get a little fatigued, and when they get fatigued, they take on more water, and so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and so uh in basically starting in May, June, July and August that's when oysters are reproducing themselves and they make these tiny tiny little sprats which are like the size of I mean you can't even see them they're just like little pieces of What's dust. the rule it needs an R in it? Yeah, R. So it's basically after April they they it's the, the the rule is of always don't eat oysters any month without a, an R in it. I always say don't eat oysters in any month without a paycheck in it. Uh but but that's uh smart. yeah. But, I mean, you can still eat them. I just find them, they're not as firm and sweet when in the warm weather months. So that's, um, that's why, that, that's why the, but you can get them year-round now because all oysters are farmed now, wherever you get them, East Coast, West Coast, France, uh, Spain. I mean, a 90% chance, you know, unless you're right at an oyster-producing town like Cancali in France or something like that, most of the oysters you're, you're getting have been farmed and shipped in from way far away. Okay, good news. Um, why don't we take a break and then we'll come back with your disappointing ventures? You've got, uh, I know we have to go there, John. Uh, I, I, I want to be nicer these days, but I just can't be when I'm eating bad food after bad food. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. We'll get through it. Can't win them all. <laughs> We're here for you, John. Yeah, this is an emotional support. Know, group. Eat, talk, repeat. I... We'll be back in a moment with me, Sam, and Ash, the attorney, and John. Just John. That guy. John Curtis. Curtass. With Rocky at my side. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamAndAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers. Because you deserve what's right. 
This music's growing on me, I've got to admit. Like a fungus. Yeah, it's funny watching you guys dance to it also. Um, (laughs) For white guys, I mean, our moves are (laughs) not the worst. No, they're standard. Um, (laughs) I'm also enjoying, you know, the occasional surprise... I get this now. I get this song when a Jack in the Box commercial comes on in the yeah. background. I'm like, it's a catchy tune. We came first with it, though, right? I mean, we yeah, we, yeah. we were we were yeah, the we, first to bring first this one time. back. You, yeah. you brought it back from the dead. I don't think anyone knew about this song past about 1985. So good for you, Sam. Um, John, you've got some disappointment. Let's go there. <clears throat> We've right. held off long enough. I had my third disappointing Chinese meal in a row. Because I told everybody I was going to do, <clears throat> excuse me, nothing but Asian food this week because I'm leaving for France, and I'm going to eat nothing but French food for three weeks. So <laughs> I said I'm going to eat Asian, 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 just because I'm not going to see it over there. I mean, there are there are you can get Cambodian food and v- Vietnamese food, great uh, Asian restaurants in Paris, but um, still I'm there not for the Asian food. Um, so I go to this place uh, that was recommended by some foodie friends called Colorful Noodle at um, Trop and Jones. And they said, oh, man, it's, it's, it's uh, I don't know if it's a chain. I think it's a chain. The way it's decorated, it looks like they put some real money into I've it. I've never heard of it. It's, uh, well, it, it's, I don't, I think it's real new. I think it's like a month or oh. so old. And uh, the whole point is they serve you these cold noodles and they come out in, if you go to my Instagram feed, at John Curtis, <laughs> or and on Twitter, at Eating Las Vegas, Shameless plug there. Um, you go there. I, I've got the pictures of them. Um, they bring out like like there's little little um, uh, tennis ball size little mounds of of yellow noodles and white noodles and red noodles and purple noodles and, and orange mm-hmm. noodles and the red noodles and then they toss them all together with this exo sauce and chili sauce, supposedly for this cold, bracing you know slap you in the face and call you Sally cold noodle Chinese dish Chinese cold noodle dish. Excuse me. And instead, it comes out, and it is, it is, offensively bland. I mean, it, it's this exo sauce. Exo sauce is sort of like the, the punchy. Uh, it's it, it's got garlic. It's got bean paste. It's yeah. got spice. It really enlivens any dish you add it to, even by the teaspoonful. Mm-hmm. They, they 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 mix in literally like a half cup of the stuff into the noodles, and it's like it's not even there. Wow. No garlic, no spice, no salt. I'm like. What the was hell? the exo sauce on its own good or no? no. It was yeah. bland. I, yeah. I put a picture up. I went, what? What the heck is going on here? And then we had some cumin lamb, and it was good, but not as good as Chengdu taste. And then we had some. They, they served us our salmon tacos yeah. and these hard taco shells, which were terrible. And then they had a, a fried rice, which was very basic. And let me think. Some uh, had a couple other things that I just went. Um, Don't torture yourself. I was. I, mean. I was just. I was just shaking my head, and I went, it's next to MY Asia and, and the other place I can't even remember right now, oh, 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 uh, Dim Sumlicious. I told you about that. Did I tell you about that? <laughs> no, the Dim we Sum-licious? haven't talked about I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, Dim Sumlicious, which took over the old J&J Sichuan, which was a good restaurant back in the day. And, it's both, and I go in there with the food gal going, okay, it's a new Dim Sum place. Let's go. You know, Dim Sum, I don't know if you guys agree, but Dim Sum to me is like sex. I mean, the, there I go again. The worst I ever had was still pretty good, right? Well, dim sum is just like a bunch. It's like tapas, Asian yeah. style. Yeah, but dim sum is. <laughs> I was, 
She she let the joke go right past her, Sam. Okay, but anyway. Well, wow. I've heard this joke. I mean, a million times. Okay, yeah, yes. I, I'm trying to move move the show forward, get it out of the gutter. We're pushing and, and through. Elevate it. Yes. Anyway, but dim sum is one of those things. It's pretty standard stuff. So we ordered five dishes, and it took us 90 minutes to get in and out of the restaurant. Five, you order off a menu there, and they were pretty busy. And I'm going, first of all, it took like 15 minutes to get a menu. Then we get a menu, then we turn it in. It took another 40 minutes, uh, close to 30, to get the food. So we're there 45 minutes in a dim sum place. And I know the folks who love dim sum, dim sum is all about immediate gratification eating. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. It's, it's like you sit down, the carts come up, boom, you get your food, and you're out. 90 minutes to eat five plates of dim sum. It was, it was just stultifyingly terrible as an experience. The dim sum was pretty good, not great, not as good as Rainbow Kitchen, not as great as New Asian Barbecue. But okay, but nobody wants to sit there and wait 45 minutes to get your first bite of food in a French restaurant, much less a, much less yeah. a dim sum So is it a dim sum appointment? Dim sum, dim sum point, dim sum point. Look at that. Whoa. You make I had fun. my coffee this very, morning. Very, punny, okay, very funny. Okay, do you have a, th- okay, what's your third disappointment? Well, no, no, the, well, the, the, well, then MY Asia. Oh, my, okay. My, so you got MY Asia. Do you have a redemption dim- restaurant now? Yeah, and I'm going with my Asian lunch bunch tomorrow to Chengdu Taste oh. for lunch, which is really, really good and, uh, you know, very, very classic, authentic Szechuan flavors. Yep. So I'm taking my Asian lunch, Asian lunch bunch folks there, and we're going to all – and they, they read about my stuff on Instagram, and they said, let's get John someplace he's going to like. So looking forward to that tomorrow Yeah, before I leave town. Shane, do you taste the one that does the toothpick lamb? Yeah, toothpick lamb, exactly. Uh, and that you bring your own fire extinguisher to? Yes, I've done. Okay. And they don't ask you how you want it, folks. It's not like, how spicy do you want this? And they give you the tiniest fucking napkin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and, and, and try getting one. Oh, that's the other thing. So I had this place, uh, uh, a colorful noodle. Yeah. So I asked for water. The the, the waitress gal was very sweet, so I don't want to criticize her. But I ask for water, she forgets it. I ask her again, she forgets. But she's very busy also. And I finally get water. She brings me a giant tumbler, and the water is warm. Oh. <laughs> it's warm. It's warm water. They literally opened up the warm water tap, put it in a glass, and brought it over to me. <laughs> oh, that's it was, offensive. It was just a few temperatures, a few degrees cooler than what you would steep iced, uh, your hot tea in. That's, it was just really, it was just kind of a disaster. So okay, Shang taste redemption meal. Where else did you go? Anywhere fun? Well, Good? yeah, uh, one more Asian because okay. I did uh, all Asian. I went to Soju Soju S S O J U with a Korean pub, which is basically on Jones near Spring Mountain, also on a different uh, side of the street. And it was great. We we, we went there because we because La Boom that you recommended last week. Oh, La Moon, La Moon, La Moon. Sorry, La Moon was closed for a private party. <laughs> so we, we you were, just got disappointed. I mean, I'm just I'm getting whipsawed left and right here. Yeah. So okay. So yeah. So we're, Soju is great. So you haven't been to La Moon yet? No, we tried, but, okay. but it, it was not there that day. It wasn't happening last Saturday night. But Soju, if you're into Korean food, it's great. Really, really good. Really authentic Korean food. My Korean aficionado friends, they just love it. Okay. All right. It helps to know your Korean and bring your is, Korean with you. Is Soju? Do you need a Korean to maneuver the menu? Well, the the waiters. Like, do you are, need to bring a Korean with you? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, bring yeah, your yes. own. Yes, I always keep one in tow. Okay, you know, yeah. it's a BYOK kind of place. <laughs> well, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not being an ass, or I'm trying. I'm no. being sincere. Like some of when you go to authentic 
restaurants, sometimes you, I can be overwhelmed yeah. by the menu and it's very difficult to understand because they don't have pictures or they don't have translations. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, is this one of those places that... No, I, uh, this, this place has both. Okay, great. A, a really nice laminated menu with, with and, and, and bilingual waiters. Perfect. I want uh, Ashley. Will, will walk you through things too very well. So it, it, it's a great kind of en- entry level if you want to go there and ask about things. Uh, some of these soups and stews are very, uh, I can't tell them all apart. And like my, my Korean friends, Ray and Pearl, will say, well, no, that one's a good one. That one's no good. <laughs> but that's where it helps to have your, a Korean friend with you. But, uh, but, but uh, Soju uh, Korean Pub is a good place to go if you want to sample the food and let the waiter sort of explain it to you. Cool. Yeah. What Ash, you if you say? ever want to go to a nice Czech uh, boiled pork cabbage <laughs> and uh, dumplings <laughs> joint and need your own seeing eye check person with yeah. you uh take daniel you know. <laughs> no, oh, my son oh, oh, oh. shots fired and that's uh, it you okay. know what you know what you i'm kidding i'm kidding. i can't have be. you have you guys speaking of which have you guys been to forte tapas because that's i think the closest to yeah, i went with you yeah no, no no i'm talking sam because that's a very like yeah. eastern european like pierogi dumpling cabbage I have right. not yet gone. It's on my list. Oh. I gosh. I, what are we doing with this guy? Why is he even here? Dragging him along. I know. I, yeah. Our I, this is my like tenth time looking at this website. Although this is not. This is Balkan food. Okay. It is. Yeah. 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 This is not. You know. The, the, these are. These are. This is like what warlords eat. <laughs> I associate with warlords. I think. Um, I guess. I don't know. Is, is yeah. That, isn't that what you are, Sam? No, no, okay, no! Fine. I'm a I'm a Czech aristocrat. Uh, oh, is just, there uh, a Czech restaurant in town? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, no, that would be a that would be a fail of fails. Uh, yeah. The cuisine, after the Czech cuisine is 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 pretty pretty miserable, to be honest. Um, <laughs> well, it, to, you know, to me, I mean, I haven't been to Czechoslovakia. I will get there. Czech Republic. Someday. Czech Republic. Sorry. Czechia. Czechia. No, stop. I, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Homie, don't play that. Uh, let me let me check myself at the door about this one. Okay. Before you wreck yourself. <laughs> that is the first pun anyone has ever made. <laughs> How about check? Okay, Sam, where where have you gone with your check taste buds lately? You know what? I have done a suite of Spanish food and I've I, I'm actually to the point now where I think it's one of my favorite cuisines. So I have I have revisited again uh Hamon Hamon, all in quick order succession. Hamon Hamon, EDO, uh tapas and um and an anima, which is a, a, a Spanish Italian uh, fusion restaurant, but primary all, it really skews heavily Spanish. It so. is really a Spanish yeah. place. Um, all three I, are spectacularly on their game right now. It is even Hamon Hamon. Yeah, I, I've had great. I've had three great meals there now in, in short order. Okay, that's good to know because I went recently and look, the food was fabulous. I just they had a, there was a few things that weren't on their menu that I would have expected them to have. They were just like, oh, we don't have that right now. We don't have that right now, and it's like Marcona almonds. And I was starting to think that they're just like packing it in because they're getting ready to move. So I'm glad to hear that they're still delivering. Well, people in Henderson have written me and tell me they're excited. They're coming out there. So God bless America if they find I, a market out there. I I will. That's I one think, of the few places I will drive out to Henderson. I think there is, yeah. there is no chance of it succeeding out there, and that's what yeah. I'm going to say. I, I just feel terrible. I, I wish, I hope that they do succeed, uh, but I, I think it's not going to happen. Now, by the way, speaking of restaurants that have affiliations in different locations, I had a, 
I had a conversation because one of the one of the restaurants right now that's just getting better and better off the chain's good is an oldie but a goodie, and that's Esther's Kitchen. I've been eating there a lot. Ash has been eating there a lot. Um, we've been eating there a lot together. Nonetheless, it is so good. So I'm talking to, I'm I'm talking to chef about it, and and I and James Trees, and he's you know, and I said it's been getting really good, and he brought up how he is rolling up his sleeves to try to make his place at Tivoli better. Um, and I, what's it called again? Remind me. Al Salito Posto. Thank you, Al Salito Posto. Oh, also, Adis Weimar. Yeah, right. also out there. Right. Which I have, last few times I've been, I, I've given up actually on Al Salito Posto because I think it's just not that good. Oh. And he, he said, I agree. I think it's, he knows there's a problem and he's dedicated himself to making it better there. So I am excited to give that a little time and go back and give it another shot. I think also, it's good to know, I saw a post from him recently applauding his chef over there that they've been working really hard to redo some of the menu items. So I'm glad to like hear that um, co- confirmation from him in person. But didn't Ada's or Ada's go through like a little bit of a rebrand or something recently? Well, now, now it's called Ada's Food Plus One. That's it. Okay. Well, it started at Ada's Wine Bar. Okay. And... and uh, uh, Kat Thomas is one of the, the great ladies of wine here in town, so she runs the wine program there. And uh, the wine goddess, she calls herself. And she's she's a real hoot. I mean, a real force of nature, yeah. a little, little dyna, dynamo. And, um, uh, yeah, so they've rebranded because Jackson Stamper is the chef there, and he does a really nice job with a very limited menu. Oh, so good. I think, But I think they've gotten so much good response to what uh, Stamper is cooking there that he, they've decided to trade on the food as well as the wine bar aspect of the place. Okay. It does have one of the most interesting wine lists in town. It really, really well chosen. It changes a lot. And uh, all everything from classic old guy trophy bottles like I, me and Sam like to uh, the new kind of organic uh, dynamic uh, uh, orange wine and natural wine that uh, the younger generation seems to be going for, even oh. though I find it tastes like ass. <laughs> Most of I'm with time. you on that, John, of yeah, natural yeah. wine. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> where did I go? Let's just segue from that. Um, I do need to go to Ada's and check it out. I haven't done that yet. I, I can't believe that Mr. Hollywood hasn't gone there. He would really like it. He would love the wine list there. It's so it's eclectic. It's yeah, it's a little far, but you guys travel to go to eat. I've yeah, no, you, that's true. You get in your car. Speaking cars. of which, we did that this week. We went to 138 Steakhouse on Monday. For the burger thing? Yes. Do Kill- tell. Okay, so I was DM'd on Instagram asking if my burger craze was taking me to 138 Steakhouse for their Killer Burgers pop-up. I guess normally the restaurant, the steakhouse is closed on Mondays, but they were opening up to do a burger feature. And it was a limited menu of about six different burgers. One had foie gras, one was a lamb burger, one was a birria burger, they had a, a smash burger, which I ordered. It was just inventive. They had fries. It was cool. The most impressive thing, Monday at 645, packed house. In Henderson, insanely busy, packed, wow. and All it right. was an oh. older crowd. It wasn't the young Instagramming group that was out trying to chase the newest pop-up craze. It was an older crowd that was sitting down and having bottles of wine and beers and, and not a phone in sight. So actually really cool. I'm excited to see if they do this on a regular um, basis, but if you go there, some of those burgers are always on their regular menu. So... 
I did that. Wow. So that's, that's, I think I saw that crowded uh, room on Monday uh, evening and I go, okay, so maybe a Hamon Hamon can survive out here. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Well, breaking news. We're going to break in. Break. Well, all right. <laughs> what, what's the Chiron? We got... <laughs> it just came out. Uh, it looks like. Okay. No, oh, the, no. Uh, Is it uh, bad? The finalists for Best Chef Southwest oh. James Beard Awards, Oscar Amador Ito. Anima by Ito and Kaoru Azuchi, a Kaoru son at, at uh, Kaiseki Yuzu, wow. are in the finalist with one, two, with two of them with three other fellows, two from Oklahoma City. What's up with that? Wow. And, <laughs> and one from the Navajo Nation for Best Chef Southwest, James Beard. Just dropped. So wow. congratulations to Oscar Amador and, and Kaoru son for uh, their nominations because two more deserving. Local chefs, I cannot imagine. So this is great. I would love to see one. We haven't had a James Beard Award here winner here since Saipan Chitama and, mm-hmm. and Claude, Claude Latoique at uh, Joel Robichon. 2011? 2011. That was the last wow. time we had that. And, and prior to that, we only had one with Luciano Pellegrini in 2004. So this would be a nice feather in these guys' caps and Las Vegas's cap if they win. So good for them. Okay, wow. great. Breaking news. Well, breaking Look news. You heard it here first. Um. And okay. then the only other place I went was I went to Yukon Pizza. They're now delivering, which is highly dangerous. But I have a new trick. I go. I don't like their delivery pizza, but go ahead. You've ordered the delivery? Yeah, and it doesn't, it doesn't taste as good. It's not the yet. same. So yeah, it's, it loses a lot in, that, in, the, in the box. It does. I agree. Um, but my new thing that I like doing is I go and I order a pizza or one of their smash burgers. And then they have their New York style like special pizza in the window where you can order it by the slice. So I eat that while I wait. That's my Porky Pro tip. Okay, porky Pro tip. <laughs> okay, so get some pizza as an appetizer yeah. for your pizza. Yep. Okay, good, good idea. All right, uh, we got to move this along now. So got that. Uh, we, I can save my why I love French food for when I call in from Paris. Okay, let's Sometime do it. Sometime in the next week or so, we will do a show, and I will call in from Paris, and I will give you all of the, you know, my, my 89 reasons why I think French food is the best in the world. Uh, do that. I wanted to just give a shout out to Steve Delinsky, my buddy, uh, the Pizza Maven of Chicago. He's running a runs a huge pizza expo in Chicago. He comes here every year. He's also about to set up one in in Los Angeles, and uh, he's he's here and he does hobnobs with all the pizza, the pizza bigwigs, which you, is here every year. And you took him to Cipriani. He had the pizza there that I and love. He, what did he think? He, he took a few bites. He went, "This is serious stuff." He said, I know. I, and, and he looked at me twice. He said. You know, John, we, we, Steve and I go way back, okay? He's, he was the Hungry Hound in Chicago. Now he's on the NBC affiliate there every week. Uh, so he's like a major, major force in Chicago food writing. And um, he said, you know, I'd tell you if I didn't like it. And he goes, this is good ingredient. The soppressata just blew him away, as did the, the, uh, the quality of the cheese. I said, and that's what, I said, that's what you get for a $41 pizza. <laughs> And that's what it is. Mm, it's worth because, it. It's so good. Yeah, and it's I so good. It is good, and so you, so it, it passed muster with the with a a true pizza maven, Steve Delinsky. And I told him how, yeah, they're expensive, but I think the pizza prices serve as a cover charge to Cipriani, basically. To people see that and go, let's get a pizza here, and they go, thirty four dollars for a pizza, forty one dollars for a pizza. <laughs> okay, let's go somewhere else. Yeah, so it root, it roots out a lot of the the knuckle yep. draggers, is what it does. So shout out to Steve Delinsky, love the guy. And um, I guess that, that'll do it. I mean, I have a pet peeve. I saw uh, you were thinking about them. Yeah, yeah, I have a few pet peeves, but I don't want to. We're kind of running out of time. No, I want your pet peeve, John. 
Okay, well, they're all they're, good. I like them all. They were. They're, I, I got to look them up. <laughs> I got to look them up again. <laughs> you know, I, I'm so mad about so many things. I well, one freeze. was the fat people in tight clothes. Oh, I, I, oh, and God. you had the visual to go oh, with it. Oh God! I mean, you walk around the strip. Uh, I don't want to, people. People are just going to hate me for. But I'm sorry. Once Kim Kardashian and her ass the size of Montana got to be fam- famous. I mean, every woman. Okay. You know, decided they, they they can look good no matter how big they are. I found your list. Did you find it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So and enough uh, fat people in tight clothes. Hey, this is one where guy, guys have it over gals. Most guys I know that are big and hefty, you know, they 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 they, they let themselves breathe inside their clothes. Not uh, not they don't spray them on. But anyway, enough <laughs> of that. The, the, my biggest pet peeve is all you can eat premium all you can eat, which I'm seeing sprouting up all over Chinatown right now. And my real pet peeve is all-you-can-eat anything. But when I see premium all-you-can-eat, it's like nails on a chalkboard. By definition, folks, when you are eating all-you-can-eat, the, the business pressures of that establishment have to lower their food costs to make it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So you are getting substandard ingredients walking in, and they pretty much are advertising this. And don't believe the hype in the marketing. When they say premium all-you-can-eat, you're getting the lowest price stuff they can give you and get away with because that's the only way they make money from people who just are just eating it, you know, by the trough full. So all you can eat, and so I see it all over. It's popping up. All you, all, premium, all you can eat sushi. Premium, all you can eat Korean barbecue. Just stay. Plus, the, the other part is people aren't meant to eat that way. The whole all you can eat. Why do you think everybody, all these people look so terrible in tight clothes? Yeah, that because, one's linked to your last one. Exactly. I mean, human beings are not meant to just stuff themselves and gorge themselves with everything they can, they can plow into their pie hole. I mean, that's why we have an obesity epidemic. So all you can eat really gets me. The other one is chefs with flamethrowers. Oh, like the it, torches? Oh, yeah. When did this become a thing? Every Instagram Real every TikTok. Look at me with my giant torch, you know, you know, yeah. searing all the food. I mean, good God, you know. I mean, it's just. And a lot of times you can taste the like gasoline you, on it. You get a kerosene yeah. kind of aftertaste from yeah. it. You do yeah. that you would not get if it was just uh, roasted in a big oven with you know yeah. whether whether wood or or electric. So this whole flamethrower thing has got to stop. Even I see even sushi restaurants are doing yeah. it, and I don't like it. And I don't like the smell, and I don't like what it does with the food, and it's just being done for show. And then finally, this is one kind of up. I was going to say, I'll take this one. Take I the will, last yeah. one. Take frozen the- butter. <laughs> Fuck you. If you give me a great roll and frozen butter, we are fighting forever. <laughs> that is why does, I, it does help with portion control. Because I can't spread it. Then I, I have to like, ugh. So I yeah I take that one, I will yep I will co-sign on that frozen butter. That's one of the reasons I love James Trees. You know they do the over at Esters they do their bread and things. Yeah. And that butter they send out the it's, cultured butter. It's basically already liquid yeah, almost. It is and so it should, as oh. it should be as it should be. But yeah you know, you know, that's a real shortcut. So yeah frozen butter and and it, I can kind of excuse it in let's say a lower quality restaurant. When I get in a higher quality restaurant, it's like, really, dude? You're just throwing this at me? You know who does me? it? What? Cipriani. Yeah, Cipriani is too, is too hard. Yes. I, yeah. don't, I don't use it much because I like the olive oil. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. They do it. Yeah. And so frozen butter, get, you know, it's, it's okay if you're charging people 10 bucks for a meal, but not when you're charging them 50. <laughs> so that's the uh, pet peeves of the week. 
I think Sammy, do, do you have one? Look at I'm not all exercise and mad and fun. I'm going to go back to I'm going to go back to one that really just gets me. Uh, and maybe I've mentioned it before, but kids that go to restaurants and are on their iPads. Well, that's the parents. No, I mean, okay, it's of course it's the parents. Yeah, yeah the kid didn't buy his own iPad. I get it. Um, but the the you know, you, if you want children that become adults that know how to behave in civil society. Take that iPad away. Engage them in conversation. Yes, even if they're three or four. If you can't engage them in conversation and they're impossible, don't take them. Yeah, exactly. Don't put put a child there who's not going to be comfortable sitting there talking. And once they get around eight or nine, I think they get to that point. Maybe Mm -hmm. under under that, they're not going to enjoy themselves that much. Okay. Another show? Another show, and I'm, I'm off. Au revoir. Au revoir. A bientôt. Mes All right, well, this has been fun. Follow us, Eat, Talk, Repeat, um, at What's Right Sam, on all platforms, at Ash the Attorney. And then let's make things difficult, at Eating Las Vegas on Twitter, at John Curtis on Instagram, and <laughs> EatingLV.com for being John Curtis blog. <laughs> Gosh, I need to get that like pre-recorded and like the fast. I'm sorry, but, yeah. folks. I'm an old guy. All right, bon appetit to all. Yes. Forget about the rap race. Let's do the milkshake and sound like a hot cake. Try some bite, some beat by foe.